All right, back here on the Sports Grind, presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. Broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. All right, keep in mind, Specs, if you are looking to step up your cocktail game or get insider info on seasonal releases, or you just want to order online for same-day delivery, just go to Specs online.com because the fun starts here that is specs official sponsor of the sports grind and an official partner of your dallas cowboys and speaking of the cowboys to finish this conversation um as facebook live continues to chime in you know uh, i think neff is checking in and says um I respect Frisco. Their smash mouth football team is a Cowboy fan. I respect for, for, or fear for Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, the 49ers. They have been our kryptonite in the past decade. Um, proper fear. Matthew, there you go. Pops taught y'all that have proper fear. Of your opponent. Look, is Dallas talented enough to beat the 49ers on a Sunday, a Saturday, a Thursday, or Monday night? Yes, they are. Without a doubt, they are. I'm just telling you every prediction that I make or my opinions or my takes is always based off of good health and that team playing at their best, especially NFL. Now, could Dallas beat the 49ers four out of seven? Hell no. To win a series, but that's not what we do in the NFL. Can they beat them if 49ers have an off day? Yes, but it's going to take a off day and injuries for Dallas to beat the 49ers. Dallas's best does not beat the 49ers at their best. Hey, it just happens. It doesn't mean Dallas is not a good team. They're just not seasoned. They're just not, they're not good on all levels like they are. That's just all it is. 1-800-707-9760. Yeah, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the reports, and he kind of broke it on McAfee's, um, his guy's show, um, that he planned to play this week. And I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I get it. I mean, just because he says that, I, I don't know if this is a situation to where the, the team steps in. Because honestly, you know, I think the, if you're the Packers, you do want to see how much Jordan Love has improved, what he's learned. I mean, like I said, when he had to come in off the bench against the, the Eagles Sunday night, he looked a lot better than his opportunities he's had to come in before, especially that one start that he had against the Kansas City Chiefs last year. But I just feel that as the organization, this is the time, like, look, you're not healthy. It's first the thumb and your ribs. We plan on you playing here again next year. You're older now. Why risk anything else? Just like, I mean, you're, you, you won three games. I think you, they won four games on the season. Now, if they were playing in the NFC South, okay. But you're talking about at the playoffs, end of the day, if I'm not mistaken, the NFC East is sending all teams. Correct. Okay, so there's no so there's no reason. I just feel with everything that's going on with Aaron Rodgers and his health and how bad this season has looked for them. And, you know, you got Jordan Love that's been sitting over there. This is the opportunity for let the kid go play a couple games. But I believe there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers doesn't want Jordan, that he's going to willing to go out there and play hurt. Now, granted, I think Aaron does play tough. He's, he's played through some injuries before. I'm not going to say it's all about Jordan Love, but it is a part of that. I think the human nature is he doesn't want Jordan Love to get in there because, granted, the Packers offense has been struggling, too. There's a lot of offenses that are got good quarterback that have been struggling, but it's been dwarfed. Because all the tension that's up in Colorado. And I don't have a problem really with that. It's just basically as my job to go ahead and report to say, hey, there's some other 
quarterbacks that maybe their teams they lead shouldn't be in the bottom ranked 26, 27, or 32. And speaking of Aaron Rodgers, I meant to get to this yesterday, okay, which I wouldn't be surprised on that note on the injury front. I wouldn't be surprised if he still does not play this weekend, but he's wanting to play, and we'll see. This is going to become another control thing between there because if he really wants to play, hell, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop him. They let him do everything else. We don't need Devontae Adams. What do you need, Aaron? Okay. But speaking of quarterbacks and his backups, his former backup, Deshaun Kaiser. I wanted to get to this yesterday, but he was doing, I don't know if it was a podcast or he was doing some type of interview. Yeah, he was on the Brenneman Show podcast. Okay, so it was a podcast. And just to paraphrase it for you, he was talking about his first experience meeting Aaron Rodgers when he got on the Green Bay Packers. And he said the first time that he met Aaron Rodgers, he said one of the first things he said to him, and I can really see now never meeting Aaron. I could see his mind thought in this, whatever, but it's disturbing still to me. And it makes you dig. It makes you look at him even more as I've been trying to peel back, you know, the layers on Aaron Rodgers. is that Kaiser said the first thing he asked him was, do you think 9-11 really happened? Do you believe in 9-11? Look, and first of all, I don't think, I don't understand why Sean Kaiser, I don't know why he would have any reason to lie about this, okay? Now, granted, he kind of elaborated and said, hey, you know, it kind of, you know, I was like, whoa, what? And then he said it opened some conversation. Next thing you know, Aaron's giving him books, suggestion on books to read. I will tell you this. I have a big problem. I know where we live and there's another generation, and it's a younger generation, um, that feed into these theories of what really happened and what didn't. Okay. I've gotten in this debate over the years with my stepdaughter a lot. And I have to remember like, yo, I'm talking to somebody that's like more than half less my age. Like it's just, I I'm, I'm working on that as I get older. Some conversations I have with Jonas, I have to realize like, yeah, Jonas is 15 years younger than me. I got to remember that. You're not going to see things that way. But this whole, there's a generation that's around her age right that time, whether it's Neil Armstrong, the man on the moon, well, technically, you know, that picture, no. I think it is totally disrespectful, okay? You know, my, my thing is like, you know, forever, Oliver Stone, JFK, I've been one of the most like, Looked at that like, hey, I don't know, man. Lee Harvey Oz, I don't know. That's totally different than even entertaining the fact if 9-11 really happened or not. And I think it's a disrespect to the families or people close that really lost some people. But the, and the reason, because there is some, there is a section of people in this country that really don't believe that happened. But the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I think those type of people, and it's really mostly a younger generation, but somebody of Aaron's age to even entertain that says, I got to look at you a certain way. Okay. Cause if we, if, if we can look at Jerry of a picture of 1957, a product of his environment and question and just say, hey, there's a smoking gun. He's got to be a rape. This is why I haven't hired black coach. 
I can sit there and look at a guy and Aaron Rodgers, his agent, say, you really going to ask some? And think about it. That's the first. This is a guy that he's going to be working with. And that's one of the first conversations <clears throat> with a young rookie, a quarterback that you're going to ask him and bring them. That says a lot. I'll tell you, man, <clears throat> something about this cat. That's just totally like, like I just because I've always that particular subject. Look, I didn't I mean, you know. I wasn't really, I don't know anybody. Nobody was close to me that got affected on 9-11. But I, if you listen to the show long enough, I'm a man about history or what goes on. But I just know, and I'm all about a grassy knoll theory. But come on, man. I've always had a problem with you that, that people really questioning that. You can question the reasons. You can question who knew and who didn't. But to really question if it really happened, that's just disgusting to me. That's just my opinion. That that I mean that's that's my opinion on that. But if we can talk about it, we got a journalist that can write for the Washington Post and go get whoever leaked it to him, Snyder, whoever, and put a picture of Jerry Jones when he's fourteen and one of the most iconic scenes and and not I shouldn't say scenes but moments in our history. And we can look at a character of like, well, at Fort, then I can look, look at Aaron Rodgers' character by everything that adds up. Like, this is a guy that's in the National Football League that really is questioning somebody. Do you really believe that 9-11 that wants to have that conversation? What do you got? The question I would say, and I, I want to bring up his direct quote, because I don't think it reads to me so much as, do you believe 9-11 happened? Because what Kaiser says Rogers asked him was, do you believe in 9-11? Do you believe in it? All right. And then Kaiser responds, what? Do I believe in 9-11? Yeah. Why wouldn't I? And then Rogers responds, read up on that. So I don't think it's whether he's questioning whether it happened or not, but kind of like you were talking about before, whether you believe the reasons why it happened or who was who was really at fault or was it was it an inside who who leaked information? Was it an inside job? Was it did our country the the unbelievable fact of could our country have had something to do with one of the, the with the worst terrorist act on our soil ever? Okay, now I think that that's where the question could be. Is it odd that Rogers brings us up in the first meeting of somebody? A hundred percent. But those theories have been out there for a while. Not that it didn't happen, but as to why it happened and what caused it. If, look, if, you're, if you come up and ask somebody, do you believe in 9-11? That's asking somebody, do you believe that that even happened? What else could that mean? If you feel because it could, that you it, mean, no, just say, hey. What is your theory of why we were at? Why did 9-11 happen? Have you ever thought about that, Sean Kaiser? What's your theory? That's how you approach it. Because if Aaron comes up to me and says, hey, man, what, do you believe in 9-11? Do you believe? First of all, I'm like, hey, I'm asking for his QAnon card. We're going to find an Aaron Rodgers. What, are you the leader of the QAnon group? What the hell you mean? Is is 9-11 real good? Like, I can give the young generation passes, the ones that weren't really alive when it happened. The ones that live on YouTube, the one that goes down the wormhole, like I have somebody here talking about, oh man, checking it out, blame TikTok. But a grown ass man and Aaron Rodgers that is not too much younger than me to sit there and say, hey man, do you, no, he didn't sit there and say, hey man, do you, what, are you into politics? Do you ever have a take on 9-11? Who responded? We responded. That's one thing. We just say, hey, do you believe, do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in God? 
If somebody asks you, do you believe in God? It's not like, well, do you believe it? Was he black or white? Because they say they had a hair of wool. No, it's just, do you believe in God exists or not? Don't try to spin and try to say this, God. That is a very disturbing question for a grown-ass man to bring up in the first time in the meeting. I'm sorry if he's Aaron Rodgers or not. I'm with you on the timing. The timing is, is very odd. I don't care what the timing odd. is. The, the timing is very odd. I, I just want to. I do want to clarify that, it, that, that Rogers does not ask. Do you believe it happened? He says, "Do you do you believe in 9/11?" Okay, just stop right there. That's all he said, right? He do said, you believe in 9/11? You believe in 9/11? What do you? If somebody takes, if somebody asks you that, what is going to be your response to that? Are you going to really? My respond? response would be, be yes. What about what? What about it? What what are you asking me? What about we gotta take a poll on that one, man? We gotta take a poll on that one. Like I said, we're just because I, I I know for a fact I know for a fact it happened. Okay, I know I know I know for a fact it happened. But you do realize there's a section of people out there that feels like nine eleven was a hoax. Do you understand? There's people younger than you, and there's people your age that feel so. I can assume because I know it's out there. I'm only bringing this up because it's coming out of Aaron Rodgers, and he basically has a lot of different character flaws that we're finding out, and that is a red flag, in my opinion. If you like, it's it's there. You can't group those two things. Like you have to be precise. You can't something that sensitive. You can't say, "Well, no, nah, man, I wasn't talking about that." I was meaning like, did you did, do you really believe, you know, did Bush know? Could we have done more? Was it really bin Laden behind this? Those are different than just saying, do you believe in 9-11? You can't take that any other way, Mr. Clark. I mean, you, you can't. And, and to me, it's not even about the setting. It's basically about the question is, I don't care if it was dinner time. I don't care if you invite them. I don't care if it was just passing. I don't care if they were riding their little bicycles they do in tradition in Green Band training camp. And they're just on this, hey, man, you you think you're going to not what? Like I said, I would ask Aaron, like, hey, man, where's your QAnon card? Huh? Where you at? You got some pictures from the Capitol? Were you there on January 6th? I'm asking Aaron these questions. Man, that is ridiculous. But it's all getting overshadowed because only half of somebody showed up for somebody's birthday party in Colorado. I can't believe I got messages on this and texted this story. This is really getting ridiculous with the situation with Russell and Denver. I mean, all different levels from just how bad it is, just from the organization, what's going on, just from the nauseam reporting. Look, and this is why I show, um, you know, I know Casey Rob messed, which I already knew the, uh, the story behind that, or I've already heard about this report. You have to understand this. It, it's like, to me, this shows you that when, a, when, when in the day and time that we live in, it shows you when something is going to be accepted by the media and it's not. And if it's, they don't accept it, they'll keep digging. The incident that happened on the sideline, both parties, it really, Purcell, the, the defensive lineman, has been in the league 10 years, by the way, and he's usually the guy that is like the peacemaker. He, 49er fans know him. He was with the 49ers for a while. This is a very likable guy. So for him to lose his cool and go, you, do, you don't really talk to quarterbacks like that, not in the defensive lineman, especially a guy like Russell Wilson. They tell you this every time in the NFL on Sundays, you go to tackle somebody or somebody hits you, it's equivalent to your body going to a car crash at 30 miles an hour. We're at week 12. We just finished week 12. Everybody on that defense has put their body to a car wreck for three hours a week. The offense can't stay out on the field 
long enough to finish a half, not a full cup, a half a cup of Gatorade. I'd be frustrated too. I don't care if it's Russell. I don't care if it's Tom, if whatever, whether it's Hackett, that is a heat. If you don't understand that, then you've never basically played competitive sports. You never taken a panoramic picture. You know those teams that you always say you ain't never taken panoramic. I mean, you know the team was that just the, you ain't never lined up for one of those pictures if you can't understand what that happens. Is it a good look? No, it's not. Does it show you that there's problems? That there's some animosity? Even without a doubt. But if we want to talk about half the team didn't show up for his birthday party, first of all, I don't know if that's true. And if it's true, I'm pretty sure other half maybe. The, I mean, we've grown. I mean, they're like at the end of the day, some of these guys got other things. This Russ, we don't know. We don't even know what kind of party Russ has had. The way Russ and Sierra gets down, this could have been damn near. You got to dress up. It, it could have been, I don't know anything. You got to dress up as bunny rabbits. You got to dress up in furry outfits. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what kind of parties. Maybe there's a reason why half of them. And if they were half, I guarantee most of them on that other side of the ball. And, Russ, and, and you know what? I'm going to leave one last thing because y'all keep bringing up this Russ stuff. I have no reason, and there's no reason to talk to Broncos anymore in 2023. But y'all keep asking me the opinions on this stuff because y'all know they have a rooting interest. But I do want to finish one little take on that situation in Colorado. We've got other news as well. The one thing we haven't talked about that we've got to talk about instead of uh, Russell was Deshaun Watson. He's about to come back, and I definitely have a take on this when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Secchi's. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the sports crowd. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the sports grind. Professionalism, respect, accountability, and communication. These are the values at Tiger Sanitation, serving the needs of the greater San Antonio area. From residential to commercial waste and recycling services, Tiger Sanitation works hard to keep the communities they serve safe and clean. After all, as a local family-owned business, their families live, shop, and play here too. For more, visit TigerSanitation.com. Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports crime. 
Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett's been the one and two. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We've been broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, 1-800-707-9760. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang, two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their new pre-made alcoholic drinks. Or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. And don't forget, Zing Zang has some new product coming early quarter, Q1 in 2023. So we'll be letting y'all know about that as well also. Um, but keeping it moving here, um, moving on from the discussion. Um, this, is, this is the deal. I'm going to say this about that report about the uh, birthday first of all they flexed the miami dolphins and the chargers into sunday night which was smart because they flexed out kansas city and denver that was wise you know we don't want to put the country through another denver game in 2023 the way the offense looks i get it you know not a good look for the organization the organization of that stature is that's not supposed to happen but it did you got to own it but the reality of this situation that's centering around Russ and his birthday party and half the team didn't show up, it's one of those situations to where who's really, first of all, who's really in the mood to party when you're, you're on a historic pace of being, we're not talking about finishing last in, in, in offense. We're talking about historically bad. So who's in the mood? And number two, there is some guys that are on that team that Russ is the type of guy, you know, that he can't change who he is. And it wears thin on guys if you're losing. If they were winning, if they found a way to score 19, 20 points a game, there would be none of this, obviously. But I would tell those guys that, number one, Russ is not going anywhere. Okay? The head coach might. That's up to the new ownership group. I don't think it makes any sense to fire him now because at the end of the day, all you're doing is putting it in a tough situation for your brand going forward, hiring the next coach. Don't think coaches are not going to look at and people are not going to look at to be like, uh, he was how many games was in his career? Oh, and y'all fired him in 11 games, 12, 13, 14 games in, and he just started. Nah, no, thank you. I don't want this job. Don't think there's not going to be coaches that are going to look at the Colts situation and look like, man, you just went up and gave Jeff Saturday the hookup? Uh, I don't know if I want this job. Things like that matter. So while fans are saying fire hack it, fire this and this, there's a reason why they haven't done it yet for multiple reasons that mostly fanatics, which is the long term where fans come from, don't see. Now, the other thing I'm going to leave with this, and I told you all this in August, and I've said this since the day he was signed, speaking of Russ. What he's learning is that th this is who Russ has been. The difference is I've always told y'all, no one cares on what goes on in Seattle, man. 
up in Seattle in this country in the sports, unless it's something major, unless they've got one of their sports teams that are on a hot run, ready to go. This and that meaning like what I mean by that, the extracurricular stuff is not reported from athletes in Seattle. No one cares. It's way up there. When you switch and you go to a team like Denver and then you make that move and everybody, hey, how is he going to look at life out of Russ? All this Twitter behavior, all these gimmicky stuff, the corny stuff that Russ does, it's magnified because now more eyes are on it. He's getting to understand that. So I have said this inconsistently. I've always judged this deal on a three-year basis. And third, with the third year is what I was looking at him to have them ready to compete to try to get to a Super Bowl because I know the situation they were in. I know what's having to be cleaned up. I know really what the positives about the roster and what's not. Now, did I anticipate anybody anticipated being this bad? No, of course not. They are on pace to be historic. I'm not talking about finishing 32. They're going to finish that. I'm talking about being historically bad, maybe having to go back to the 40s to see offensive this bad the way they're all, when they all mesh up all the numbers they want to put together. This is going to be historic bad. And it's crazy because, like I told you, you have to go back to 1946 or something like that, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, at the time. The last time, it was them or the Bears, the last time to have a dead last offense and hold the title of the number one overall scoring defense. It hasn't, that's been a long time. The game has changed four or five, six times since that's happened. It's bad, but he ain't going nowhere. So all the guys that are salty, whatever, because the reports are that Hackett hasn't lost the locker room yet, but there are some players that have just turned off by Russ. I get it, but they got to understand he ain't going nowhere. It's up to him to find that spark again to understand, hey, this is going to be harder than I thought. I'm going to have to devote myself back to 100% of football if I want to preserve and basically the criticism in my legacy. And if he's about that life, you'll see a better version of Russ and the team in general next year. If not, then the debate can start. But at the end of the day, those guys on that team that didn't show up to the party, I mean, but that's why I'm just telling you, it's to the extreme with the reporting on him, but it is just what it is. He's not playing in Seattle anymore. Okay. He's playing in Seattle. He's playing for a team that's got history. One of the most winning team. You're going to get news like that. Everything you do, especially when it's going bad and struggling, but enough of him. I want to talk to Deshaun, but what do you got before we move on from? Well, really quick, because this isn't just some writer out there stirring soup and you know, a slow news day on a Wednesday. Mike Kliss is the one with the report on this. Yeah, I got a lot of talking, respect for talking about Russ's standing in the locker room. So what can Russ do at this point? Like, There's four more years right left on this deal. You get through this one, it's a five-year deal. What can he do at this point? Because Hackett's pre- potentially preventing them, a, lar- a large part of preventing them from winning, whether, whether it's the game plan, whether it's clock management, what it, whatever it is. He's saying if we can go back to London, we would go back to London because they haven't won since that stretch. He's like, I'll put the guys on a jet tomorrow. All right? So what can Russ do at this point if it is a sense that he's losing the locker room? Because any other quarterback, this would be a major problem, especially one that's supposed to be a Hall of Famer. What would be a, what part would be a major problem? The performance up to now or the birthday the, situation? The, the, sense of this, the sense of this lack of support of losing the locker room. Because... Cliss mentions the birthday party just as some context to the fact Mm -hmm. that he says there's been some gossip about Russell Wilson's standing in the locker room. 
and he uses the birthday party as context, as context. for that. Well, to answer your question, the what can he do? For one, win, but that's not really what he can do. He's going to pray to pray that he's got a healthier roster next year. This ain't the team Russ signed up to go play with. And I'm not making excuses. Everybody has injuries in the NFL, but there are significant other. There's a reason why there is not a team in the league that has 56 million. Well, it was 72, but what's the name came back with Justin Simmons came about around 50, 60 million and IR. That makes a huge difference. They don't have the depth. They don't have, they haven't drafted as well as say maybe a Tennessee Titans of guys that fit them system that fit their system. They haven't done a good job in the last three or four years as a John Lynch in the 49ers. They when so when you get 67 million and one of those is a left tackle, one of the most important people to Russell Wilson, a third string center, and we're not even talking about losing what we arguably know now is his best receiver on the team in Tim Patrick before the season even started. Because all the reports came out in the offseason was the chemistry between him and Tim. But that's what he could do. To answer your question, all he could do now, because that ain't going to change this year with their six games, is win a game. And you remember how high it was before they went to London. They got that win in London, and it chilled out for a little bit because they were going to the bye week. Even when they came back and won Tennessee, and in the fact, it was like, well, damn, that's what you got out of the bye week. But when you have a historic bad performance, when you're talking about basically losing to the Raiders, that basically just lost to Jeff Saturday, it's going to intensify that like, hey, man, look how bad this is really getting. Because, go ahead. So, does Russ need to change his approach to this season? You've said before, Russ wants to be more of a pocket passer, but if, if what Russ can do is, if, is impact the way that Russ plays, because he can't impact the injury report, he can't really impact the game plan, if Russ goes back to being the Russell Wilson that we've seen for the last seven, eight years, I want to say. And that's not going to happen. And and roll out of the pocket. That's not happening this year. The magic that, that, the magic that got him the $240 million. And that's not happening in 2023. For one, he's not 100%. Number two, he needs to shed about 20 pounds. Then that's not taking, in my and, opinion, and, and that, then that's not taking, that's not taking enough ownership. Of your role on this team, that's oh, in, you're that, speaking of, in, in that locker. You're speaking room. of Russ. If Russ isn't that's willing, fair, if that's Russ fair, isn't willing to change and be the guy and play the style that he has that earned him this opportunity, then those guys in the locker room look at that and say, "Russ, we're playing our hearts out. What are you doing? You're wanting to change who you are, and we need you to just be great again." Okay. Well, this is strong. well. This is where I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say that you're kind of wrong and you're kind of right. I'm going to say where you're right is is that I think it's right for Russell to do a better job of maybe taking more accountability of why this team is struggling. But you're wrong when you're saying guys are looking like because he wants to protect Russell Wilson. And I said this before we played one game. Of course, I didn't know. No, I did not expect Russ to be Russ seven, eight years ago. He's older now. Do well, I, I think he's a, the Russ of last but, year? But I, but I don't. But last year he was hurt. He missed a lot more games. It was this. But what he's experiencing now is the same thing he experienced in the last couple of years in Seattle. Offensive line, bad beat up. Well, Seattle's different. They just never addressed it. Denver's addressed it. It's taken some years for them to even get a decent line. Injuries. But I think it's fair, Chris, to say you're not taking it as serious. The bottom line is this whole situation with this birthday party, let me tell you what it is. Because when they say half of he's lost 
half of the locker or but you know what this is is because what my sources tell me what's been going on for weeks even before the offseason what's rubbing those guys off the wrong way is not the fact that we're out on third and out and doing all that it's the fact that you're showing up and you're bill being russ that's got an entourage of 10 or 15 guys that are in the facilities you got your own chef you got your cooks we're that's what's going on that people are getting irritated that's what Purcell the blow up on the line it was frustrated because we've been busting our ass but at the same time dude we understand you're Russell Wilson, but your 20 guys of entourage, your trainers, your personal trainers that are in here taking up space, your personal cooks. Hey, what's that's where guys start turning off. It ain't because he's struggling on the field because those are professionals and they look at it different eyes. This is all the extracurricular Sierra and the kids constantly around constantly this and this on the plane. Those are the things that are wearing thin on guys. When you're talking about a three and eight smart uh, uh, team. The only thing that I'm not going for from the media because it's it's we're watching a Hall of Fame quarterback really struggle and we haven't and you know you get spoiled with Stafford switching, he wins Super Bowl. Tom gets through. But one thing I'm not gonna accept from the media, whatever, is this these whole disappointments of everybody's expectations. Nobody picked Denver really to go. There was a few I can count on maybe three hands or three fingers how many people on a major platform that covers the NFL that picked Denver to even win that division or even compete in the Super Bowl. The, the, this the was sports this, books this, had them. They were seven, right? That's odds. six odds. But I'm talking about people that play the game of the, the Buffalo, Chargers, and the Raiders were the team that was going to challenge Kansas or challenge Buffalo. Denver, no, nobody thought it was in this bad. People project they should have been a nine. They were supposed to be a nine to ten win team minimum. And fighting for a wild card, not the division, because they got a rookie coach. But this venom of oh, this is this. Nobody was picking them to do anything. But it's how far you've seen the grace fall. Moving on, Deshaun Watson is due to come back. You know, I did, I've been meaning to get to this the last couple of days. You know, um, Steven, Kevin Stefanski said that hey, man, I think he's ready to roll. He's been at the facility for weeks now. He's going to go ahead and start this week against the Texans. Now, I've got two things on this. Number one. Let's talk about the expectations for Deshaun Watson. I expect that basically there's going to be some criticism in regards to watching his play under a microscope. The guy ain't played in damn near two years. Okay. It's going to, this is not going to look like Deshaun Watson of the Houston, Texas out of the gate. It's not, not this year. I think by the time that the Browns get to week 17, we said it's going to look better and better. He's got to get some chemistry with the guy. He's got to feel what it feels like to get hit. He ain't get hit in camp. He ain't play no preseason game. He ain't getting hit. He's got to get hit, and he's got to get his timing down. Patience. I think that his price tag is what people, oh, they paid $200 for this. I can already hear it. Give him time. It's going to be evaluated in 2023. I knew it was a death sentence with 11-game suspension. We weren't going to really get to see what this was going to be about until 2023. Now, the other story with him coming back to face his former team in the Houston Texans his accusers are supposed to be at the game and show up. Why? Why? I'll tell you why. And, and this is not about, oh, well, we're going to bring awareness. We're going to do this. We're still here. We're still, we're going to bring, we're, we're, no, man. The, the, the attention that has been on this case for the last year and a half we the, the 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 people of women they know about this this is about this even brings me more skepticism this is about a lawyer 
and his clients going to a game in Houston to keep his clients' names out there, to milk this to the last that they can. See if they can get an interview. Hey, they're there. Go sit. Tell them we want to talk to them. Tell them Entertainment Tonight wants to talk to them. Set up an interview. We'll let the, This is, a, in my opinion, I don't care who's pissed off, but in my opinion, this is them keeping their name. What is the purpose? What do you want to do? The man served 11 games. He's paid. He's settled. He's lost millions of dollars. He's never going to get his reputation back. There's no criminal charges. What is the point of y'all making it known you're showing up to the game? I'll tell you why. Because you're trying to keep your name and your attention out there surrounding this story. But I just think, and that's my opinion, but I think also on the playing side of it, it's going to be interesting. Because, you know, that was a huge win for the Browns last week against Tampa. You know, they're still in the hunt. I mean, this is a situation where, and you could kind of tell that, Maybe the excitement of the team knowing Deshaun was going to come back made them take their game to a little bit higher. Now, now, granted, that's Tom Brady. I get it. But let me tell you, Joe Woods' defense played over their they played over their heads on Sunday. I mean, if they could have played like that most of the season, Brown would be leading the North right now with maybe about two losses. That's with Jacoby Brissett. But I think part of that was the excitement that, hey, we've seen this guy in the facility. We've seen him throw. We're about to get our guy back. But are they going to run out of the games? We'll see. But I got low expectations for Deshaun in these last six games. Next year, that's a different story. A full offseason where he ain't got to worry about this. He ain't got to do with distractions. He ain't got to go to court. Then let's see what's up. Let's see what's up. Last time I checked, it wasn't guaranteed $250 million for six games. <laughs> I play it fair across the world, across the playing field. At the end of the day, this could, but because I have to push back because that's where we're at in society. People are getting killed because you're not giving them instant gratification. And I also will tell you, this is the downfall of the era that we live in in fantasy football. It's created this. If you can't put up numbers, I don't care if you're a quarterback, a running back, you're trash. You're trash. Because your number, you're not winning fantasy football games for me. Guys get judged off that. I think it's crazy. 1-800-707-9760. Um, so, and tomorrow, man, it's a we'll talk about it tomorrow, but that's a monster AFC East matchup tomorrow between Buffalo and New England. Okay, I believe this is their second time playing. This one's in New England. Um, if you look at that AFC East most everybody's under five, over 500. New England's coming off of a loss against Minnesota. What? No. This is their first time playing. They will see each no, other. They again. haven't played again. They will okay. see each other again in the season finale, week Ooh. 18 in Buffalo. Oh, so that might be a game that needs to get flexed. That might have some, some implications that. Because keep in mind, the reason why I think this game is so huge is because Buffalo is 0 2 in the division. And if they go to 0 3, that really makes things interesting. And I'll tell you, that is a mega matchup. Can't wait to talk about it come Friday. And that's that Dolphins and 49ers. We about to find out. Because let me tell you something, Dallas. Y'all are not even close to what Miami has on offense. And y'all know I'm the biggest Dak supporter and defender there is. There's levels to everything in life. <laughs> you ain't close. So if the 49ers go out there and stop this, 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 this offense is running through hot, buff, uh, hot knife through butter. The Matthew uh, might want to chill out.
But that's a wrap for today. We'll see what happens. Big game tomorrow, though. Special thanks to producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Bartlett spinning the one and twos. San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, before you hit the snooze button and before you roll out the rack, just ask yourself, you grinding? Peace. See you tomorrow.